Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. We're excited to bring you a bonus episode off the back of our season in Psalm 119. And this episode delves into the idea of praying the Psalms. Sheltering Mercy is a book full of beautiful prayers in response to the Psalms. And Felicity in particular has found it really helpful in her prayer life. She got to speak with the authors Dan Wilt and Ryan Whittaker-Smith recently, and I guarantee that this conversation will warm your heart with a desire to pray the words that God himself has given us. Grab a copy of the book, as ever, at tenofthose.com, and I hope that you really enjoy this episode and it fuels your heart to pray the Psalms for yourself. two sisters on a cup of tea. My name's Felicity and today it's just me, one sister. But I'm delighted to introduce my guests to you. We've got Dan Wilt and Ryan Whitaker-Smith who have co-authored a brilliant book called Sheltering Mercy. The book is a collection of prayers in response to the Psalms and coming off the back of a season in Psalm 119 during which both Sarah and I have found that we've been wanting to pray in the Psalms more and more. We thought it'd be great to have have a chat with Dan and Ryan about that very idea of praying in the scriptures, how to do that, what to do when praying doesn't come easily and all the, all the things that come with that. So Dan and Ryan, thank you so much for being with us. What a privilege. Thank you yes, for, having for having us. Yes. So in amongst producing an excellent book like this, you do various creative things. And can you just give us a flavor of your, your everyday lives? Dan, why don't we start with you? Sure. Um, so I spend my life in a, in a variety of different types of things. Um, I do write a lot for a living and, uh, and have for the last 30 or so years and in different genres, a lot of devotional literature and and prayer literature. Um, and, uh, then as well, I'm a, a worship leader and a songwriter as well, uh, in the vineyard world, uh, that, that was part of my, that's been, continues to be a part of my story. And, uh, then currently I also serve with Seedbed and New Room, which is, uh, a renewal organization in the U.S. that has a, a big focus on what's going on with the Methodist and Wesleyan communities. So I write a lot as well for them and uh, for for us there. So yeah, great. And then a home that. life that kind of carries yes, along, yes, comes along course. with the creative. Sorry, I didn't, didn't want to take too long. Yeah, no, and no, my, fair my, enough. My wife Anita, uh, three three amazing uh, human beings, Anna, Abby, and Ben, who are all in their uh, early thirties to late twenties range. Uh, so I'm in that that season of life, and love that. Uh, yeah, love that. yeah, great. And Ryan, you're you're uh, doing a variety of things. I feel like we've got two jugglers on here. There's there's various things going on. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I'm, I, well I'm not sure how I'm not sure how uh, talented I am at the juggling. I'm I'm, I'm trying to learn <laughs> that, but um, yeah, I'm I, I'm a filmmaker and an author. As a filmmaker, I, I I'm Ryan Whitaker, and as an author, I'm Ryan Whitaker Smith. So there's a bit of a separation there. <laughs> But um, yeah, I spent a lot of my time working on film projects um, and um, well, yeah, while trying to uh, try my best to juggle some of these other book projects as well. I, uh, I have a wife and four kids. We're a little behind Dan and Anita. Our youngest is nine and our oldest is 15. So we are entering the fun teenage years, yeah. but um, a daunting yeah. prospect. Yes. <laughs> yes. So add that to the juggling routine. <laughs> Well, and so just because, you know, we are on Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. I mean, we're in, you guys are from Nashville, both from Nashville. I, mean, I was in Nashville recently and, and my friend who lives there actually had to buy a kettle in order to, yeah. you know, sit, Sorry about that. Yeah, serve our tea making yeah. desires. So are you tea drinkers, yes. biscuit eaters? You know, where, where do you mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I am a coffee and a tea drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a, uh, a good, strong cup of black tea with with a dash of milk in it, like 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 you guys like oh, over there. So yes, I, I'm, I'm a fan for sure. <laughs> and we have a kettle. We actually we went a step further. We built a house uh, that we've been in for about a year, and we actually have the little hot water tap uh, things. So we, we we bypass the kettle. Yeah. Like, that may be breaking the that may be breaking the rules. I don't know. But, well, I, don't, yeah. I think it's maybe a cut above. Like yeah, you've, you sort of leaped right. into right. another yeah. class of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we we uh, yeah we're we're actually primarily, and one could almost say, only tea drinkers in our home because all the coffee drinkers have looks of sadness on their face and we tell them uh we're not sure if we have any coffee anywhere in the house we're so sorry and i think we have a single cup coffee maker if you really need it so we're well equipped on the tea front and and all our our british friends have told us you know why are you washing your teapot please don't wash that teapot. <laughs> okay okay so english breakfast and and some uh what are they walkers uh shortbreads oh yeah uh, scottish good. shortbreads yeah I mean, I didn't even know when I invited you on that we had such tea elite, you know, We're right in. here. We're in with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my husband and I have so appreciated the book mm. Sheltering Mercy. And what it is, is this collection of responses to the Psalms that you are then you've shaped into prayers that you're then praying, helping us pray. But can you t- tell us a bit more? Why did you write this book? Like, What was your desire for the people who are going to be reading it? And tell us mm-hmm. about the book. Sure. Ryan, do you want to go ahead and Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. It really came about, we talk about this a bit in the uh, in the introduction of the book, but it really came about in a, in sort of an organic way. I mean, it, it was Dan and I uh had been friends for several years and um you know, kind of prayer partners and mm-hmm. uh, I think I, I, it's a little, it's a bit blurry to me exactly uh, how, how it originally initiated. I think I wrote one yeah. um, in just a time of, of sort of personal, in a personal devotion time. And um, so that was kind of interesting. I took this Psalm and I sort of wrote a prayer in response to it. And Dan thought that was interesting. And then I think he wrote one and we just started sort of sharing them back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then um, we compi- compiled, um, I don't know, what, what was it, Dan, about 20 or 25 of them yeah. or something into a little booklet that we printed out and shared with, with friends and family, um, over Christmas. And we just got really great responses. And, and, um, we, sh- uh, w- one of the friends that we shared it with was Carolyn Weber, who wrote uh, the book surprise by Oxford, mm. which I've, I've just adapted into a film. Um, and, and Carolyn was kind enough to share it with some, some publishers. And that was kind of the beginning of how this, this happened. Mm-hmm. I was just going to note that we we've been, you know, friends and prayer partners for many years. And this, this was just kind of a natural overflow as Ryan began to do this, you know, even this morning, we're texting back and forth our prayer needs, um, you know, because we're just so aware of what happens in this conversation with God in life, watching him do things that are mysterious and wonderful. And the Psalms, you know, Israel's prayer book. And so as he began to do it, there was just delight in this exchange that emerged into the book. Mm, that's it. Yeah. I, so you you just called the Psalms Israel's prayer book. So can you can you help mm. us? Why why were the Psalms the choice? In some ways, it's kind of obvious, but we have the whole Bible. How yeah. how how did you decide on the Psalms being the fuel for, for mm. it? I mean, there's so much we could say here about this. Um, the the gift of the Psalms, and I even 
sense that that it's part of why there's a resurgence in in kind of reclaiming them and re-entering them again and letting them re-enter us. Why they have such longevity, uh, even even in world literature, not only in faith literature, is they they just cover the range of human emotion in the way that only art and artistic expression can. And yet it is prayer and, and art integrated. It's it's this uh, a fountainhead of, and this is the, the part I love the most, it's not only a fountainhead of the emotions of the writers, because I think sometimes we talk about prayer and, and many of our prayers, I know, especially in suffering and in crisis, <laughs> I say to the Lord, you know, I hope you can take these emotional fragments from my soul <laughs> and hear the prayer that's running through them, you know. But the Psalms freight a, you know, a covenant story, covenant love, covenant truths that have been, you know, keeping the world <laughs> in its motion for thousands of, uh, you know, of years since they've been written. And there's this sense that when we read the Psalms, when we pray the Psalms, when we sing the Psalms, when we do anything with the Psalms, we're not only connecting with these deepest places within us, a uh, sense of connection to our story and our real lives, because there is there is anger and there is lament and there's grief and there's joy and praise, but we're also entering into their their covenant thrust, their covenant truth, the plot line that is is you know guiding everything, and then we have um, this idea. I love it in in in, in church history. Uh, you've probably heard it. I, I love what you guys do in this uh, in this work you're doing with the podcast. But it's lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi, and what it means is that the rule of prayer impacts the rule of belief, impacts the way you live, the rule mm. of life, and the basic idea is that there's interplay. It's not only you know I read the scriptures and then I pray, and they're all separate compartments. The idea is that the way I pray actually changes how I live, which is informed by my belief and shapes my belief. And then as I read the scriptures, that shapes my prayers. And if I allow the scriptures to shape my prayers, I'll start to live differently because now I'm praying eternal lasting truth. I'm praying according to God's given words, and they're going to now form my thinking, my emotions uh, to those words. And I think that's why Jesus was just soaked in the Psalms with his people. They, they, they cover this gamut of human experience. And as we pray them and say them, uh, we become informed by their truth. And wow. that's why I think praying the scripture is so profound for that whole reason. We are praying, our belief is being formed, we're living differently, and it all just kind of moves together and we're formed by it. And I'd rather be formed by, like like you, even in Psalm 119, we'd rather be formed by the word of God than simply formed by our emotions and reactions and responses to the world and simply pray out of those and kind of hope it works with a little bit of belief behind it. I'd rather like pray the truth and let that both resonate with God because it's his word to us. We're agreeing with God and it's changing me and I'm going to start to think differently. Uh, about my circumstance. Wow, that's so yeah, profound. And I, and I would just say, you know, I mean, uh, why we chose the Psalms is for all those reasons, but also mm. the the really obvious reasons that they are songs, and and so there is a, a yeah. lyrical, a lyrical element to mm. the you know, to, to, to the Psalms. 
And so in terms of thinking about how to write sort of a poetic response, prayer response, it was sort of, I mean, the Psalms are already almost prayers. And, and I think, and so, you know, in the beginning, I remember we, we thought this was kind of a strange concept to, 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 to convey. Um, but uh, the, 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 the kind folks at, at Brazos caught a vision for it. So, because, you know, we, we said, we're not, this isn't a translation and it's not a paraphrase. It really is a, it's a lyrical response, prayer response to the text. But yeah, yeah. so much of that is already kind of built in, but there is this, this mm. lyricism to the Psalms. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's a, there's a natural, yeah, it's, it's more natural to pray the, pray the Psalms in that, in that sense, isn't it? And I think in relation to what mm. you were saying, Dan, that, I think that's been our experience as we've been in Psalm 119. The more you're in it and the more you want to pray it and the more you believe it, and it, it is a cycle, isn't it, that feeds your... Yeah. Yeah, and that the psalmist is always saying, and my my hope is in the word of the Lord. And as you yes. read that, you think, mm. wow, how could that, how can you be so all in with that, so absolute? But actually, the yeah. more you hear the word, the more you believe it, the more you pray it, and that, and you're beginning to move towards being in the psalmist's mm-hmm. yeah, heart. Well, I, have, I have to say, um, we, we just, um, I don't know that it's been officially, I, mean, I suppose it's been officially announced. I don't know if the title has been announced, but we're doing a follow-up volume mm-hmm that covers the back half of the Psalms. And so I only have bad memories of Psalm 119 right now. So I might need to listen to your podcast. Just to, uh, to is the endless, uh, work that it's, to be, you know. it's its own book is what it is. Yeah, it is. If that, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, I mean, you, you guys are, are gifted mm. in creating and writing oh, and you. you, you really do mm. produce beautiful poems here and, and they are responses mm. to the scripture. You're not pretending they're scripture or anything. They are, beautiful responses to the scriptures um, and it, and they're helpful my husband and I find it really helpful to pray them for ourselves but it's also a little mm. bit intimidating because my prayers are not as beautiful as these <laughs> and, and so yeah. it might be you know someone picks up on the book well, I don't I don't pray like this but I do want to pray mm. the scriptures so can you help us think a little more broadly about that term of praying the scriptures not just in terms of the mm. writing of them and what you've beautifully done in the book but it sounds mm. like a really good idea can you tell us how you go about that, why we might bother, like what it means. Do you know what I mean? That kind of help mm-hmm. us ground it for us normal folk who aren't in the yeah. creative realms. <laughs> Writing. Well, I would, I would say, and then Dan, you can run with this too, but I, I would say that's, it's one of the gifts of the liturgical tradition too, that, you know, the idea of it's not so much, it's not so much pressure on you to come up with the words, you know, like mm. here, here's something that's been written. It's okay to pray a written prayer. So I would say one, one side of it is, take the pressure off yourself. It's okay to not have to come up with beautiful lyrical mm-hmm. poetry mm-hmm. to pray um, mm-hmm. because often you can't do that. That's okay. Uh, so I would say that's, that's, that's one side of it. And, you know, the other is, I, I think if I, if I remember correctly, that the first iteration of one of these prayers was not really an original poem. It was, it was just taking one of the Psalms and personalizing it a little bit. I think that was kind of the first iteration of it where um, sort of, you know, I'm changing uh, we to I or whatever, just, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. And, and so I think, you know, there are ways, especially in the Psalms to do that, um, to pray essentially what's just in the text. I mean, it's very easy mm. to do that for yourself. No, I, I love that. I, I think, you know, what you what you touched there, it reminded me in, in the introduction to Sheltering Mercy, and I think Ryan actually came up with this original image you know, we felt like what what we were doing was like an artist stumbles onto a beautiful 
sort of idyllic scene in a meadow and she pulls out her paint, she pulls out her canvas and she paints. And it's not the scene, it's the response to the scene. And if a child does that same thing, if a person who's you know studied it or focused on it for years does that same thing and everyone in the range between, what happened is true, it's right, it's fitting, it's in accord. And I think that authenticity is more at essence when it comes to praying the scripture. You know, we can think, you know, um, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world, a scripture like that. And it can be prayed as simply as, Father, you are greater in me than the one who's at work in the world. And therefore, you know, and that's just simple, simply personalizing it. Mm-hmm. But then I think there's a, there's a, an expansion on that that I think we tried to do, uh, and, and I hope we we reached it, and it was to pray in a way that was authentic to who we are and authentic to the kinds of even literature we love or the kinds of, of moods we felt like a certain scripture created for us. I think of Psalm 73 and, and the moment where the psalmist is in between, you know, looking at the world and saying, my goodness, everyone has it better than me, everyone. And then it says, and then I entered the sanctuary of God and it all came clear. And then the rest of the psalm is this intimate communion. And I looked at that one point and, you know, we all have our favorite psalms. I know Ryan does it and you guys probably do too. And for me, Psalm 73 is like a life psalm. <laughs> and that moment of, and then I worshiped and then I saw you as you are. And I saw me as I am. And I saw people as they are. And I, and it's this conversion of perspective that then I found, you know, and we found words that captured that, that sensibility, that mood, when, you know, you go in and you sing a worship song and you leave a different person than you were when you came in, your shattered world, all of a sudden collects in its pieces. And you say, you are faithful. That's right. Sorry. Forgot. I just forgot for a moment, you know, and that's, that's the, I think that the gift of anyone taking any scripture and letting some form of it be on their lips personalized as a conversation. Mm. Yeah. And I would say, I think it's important to mention too, um, that we, uh, something else we mentioned in the introduction of the book is that we very intentionally approach these through sort of a new Testament Christological Mm -hmm. perspective. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we felt like we could draw from uh, the entire canon of scripture. So there are something like how, how many footnotes, Dan? Yeah, I think you were, foot, about, you were the footnote uh, master. Six or seven hundred. I think six there's or six or seven hundred, somewhere between six oh. and seven hundred. Yeah, that reference other scriptures throughout throughout the Bible, um, yeah. and so that that became sort of an unexpected joy for us, mm. you know, to to, to find yeah. ways to sort of, uh, you know, point to other moments throughout mm. scripture and in the in, in the story of scripture. So. Um, yeah. I think that in and of itself is sort of, uh, you know, ho- hopefully that will inspire people to do the same thing in their prayer life, um, even if they're not coming up yeah. with pretty words. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think yeah. at the end of the day, that you know, that the uh, honesty and authenticity of it is, is the most important thing. And I think that's really evident. I think it does, it, it, it resonates with authenticity of the scriptures and of yourselves and it's genuine prayer. And, and as you're saying, Ryan, that pointing to Jesus, like taking us through the salvation story really and helping us to see how christ is very much at the heart of 
mm-hmm. of the Psalms and that covenant grace that you were talking about, Dan, is just so mm-hmm. fulfilled in Jesus, isn't it? I think we've been mm-hmm. talking about that as we've been in the Psalms, like how we we sing the Psalms with Jesus, but also he mm-hmm. is the choir master. So because yeah. of Jesus, we are able to sing in yes. this way. And that's I think that's really evident in the way mm. that you've, as you say, that's a lot of footnotes. That must have taken a lot of work. <laughs> and <laughs> it I did, detail. It, it, it's like that, that you know, I, and I've listened to, to some of your podcasts as well. It's just beautiful. Um, it's this idea of hiding the word in our heart. Mm. And, and I think what we found, we honestly, we stumbled on it, didn't we, Ryan? Like we didn't start that way. Mm. And we started to see, well, the whole council of the scriptures, everything we're writing here is triggering a thought about something else. And all of a sudden you start to see these connections. And then I, I think we just said, let's capture those because that's that's when you hide the word in your heart over time, you start to sing and pray one thing and it starts to connect with all the other, you know, those covenantal threads, those, those belovedness threads that run throughout the whole word. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was delight. It was, it was hard work, but it was just delight. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think I, I think it 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 comes back to it was the only way we could do it in so, in some ways because mm. it's not a translation or a paraphrase. Again, we 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 state emphatically in the introduction that we are not qualified <laughs> uh, to do either <laughs> to of those things. Um, uh, if that were the case, it's really about you know uh, sticking as close as possible to the you know to, mm-hmm. to the original text. Whereas for us in praying the Psalms, I think for all Christians praying the Psalms, you can only see them through the lens of Christ. Mm-hmm. So. You can't, I, I, I can't pray the Psalms, uh, uh, you know, as, as the ancient, you know, Israelites did. I just can't do that. That's not my perspective. My perspective is, is on the other side of the cross and the resurrection. So in the mm-hmm. same way that I think, you know, Paul at his conversion, he didn't, it, it wasn't so much converting from Judaism as, a, as opposed to, he had this complete new reframing of what it all meant, right? Mm-hmm. So now he was looking back and seeing, you know, oh, this is what the story, this is where the story was headed. This is what it meant. Mm. And so I think in the same way, bringing that perspective to the Psalms, where is Christ mm. hiding in the text, mm. you yeah. know, and that, yeah. so again, that, that became, you know, a lot of fun for us. It also, um, you know, it, 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 uh, occasionally it saved me from writing a line. I was like, I'll just quote Paul here. Slide in some scripture to fill the gap. It's, it's a good, it's a good solution. <laughs> So um, the way that the way that you guys have been talking and obviously you've been praying together for a long time and, and mm. but for every Christian, prayer can be a thing which is a struggle. It can feel sure. easier and then it can also feel really hard. Have you any advice yeah. for us as maybe we go through mm. that undulation of, you know, when prayer is a delight mm. and then actually it feels like hard work? What, what, what do we do in that? Mm. Such a great question. Well, I would, I mean, I would just go back to what I said mm. earlier about, I, I think there's no shame in using written prayers. And I'm, I'm not saying that only because yeah. we've written a book of, of written prayers. Um, but I do think it can be really helpful in times like, uh, mm-hmm. in times like that, you know, where you don't feel like you have the words to pray. I think it's okay to go back to, to liturgy. It's okay to go mm. back to written prayers. You know, I mean, a, a book that was a big influence on this one was uh, John Bailey's a diary of private prayer. I don't know if you've read that, but it's really lovely. Um, you know, so I've, I found that to be helpful in my own life and to have some of those resources mm-hmm. to go back to, um, or simply praying the scriptures, like we've been talking about, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when you don't have the words, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's as simple as just, you know, praying a song. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm also with that. I'm a fan of patterns uh, and getting patterns that are simply good for us going in our lives. Um, and, and we're, we're in a generation, um, you can see if I can say this succinctly, uh, we're, we're in a generation that's very emotionally responsive. And, and so it's input in response out. And, and I think social media has helped push that where it's just, I'm just now responding to the world with, and, and what I love about patterns um, is, you know, I always do this. My wife is like the, 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 you know, iconic, um, she, every single day, whether she's going through deep suffering and we've been through some in the last years that has been really challenging, uh, you know, just parts of our story that, that we never thought we'd see and experience. Um, and she never failed to get in the word of God and to journal it, pray it, sing it, respond to it, even and literally, I don't think she'd mind me saying, it's just tears streaming down her face, saying what is true, whether she feels it or not, knowing that it remains true, no matter what her circumstances are, are shouting in her ears all around her. And I think that's, you know, I use the daily examine of Ignatian spirituality as a, as a bit of a prayer form. It's, it's basically got five moments to it that I'll use eight, literally eight or nine times a day. If I start to feel something or whatever, I'll go through it's, you know, become aware of the presence of God, give thanks for whatever's happened before, become present to where you're at emotionally, give it to God, pick one thing that's a joy or, you know, a challenge and pray it and just mm -hmm. give it to God and then look forward with hope to the next few hours. I'll do that literally eight or nine times a day because we need forms. Uh, we need sometimes you know, if I'm in an MRI machine, I can, and this is true for me, I can just pray whatever comes to mind, but I could also pray scripture, things that are true. I will also recede into that daily examined form because it takes like, I, I can lose myself in it for 20 minutes and meet with God in an MRI machine mm -hmm. or in a car drive somewhere. Or, And so I think that's where, if we can resist this idea that I have to feel like praying, for it to be effective. I think over the course of a lifetime, we win because everything we do, especially when it's all dry and heaven is stone and we can't, we're just not getting it. We're not feeling it. If we reorient ourselves to what's true and right and lovely and beautiful, it will begin to change our perspective and even our emotions over time. Um, we can train those like we can train our minds. Mm -hmm. So habits, patterns, I think, stick with them. Don't let go. Yeah, so helpful, so helpful. And underneath that being the conviction that prayer really, really is yeah. real, is does work. And we, exactly. we are dependent upon God, whether we pray to him or not. So let's, yeah. let's embrace that and pray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Dan, I wonder whether you might pray for us now as we be a privilege. wrap up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's come before the Lord together. Father, we give you thanks that in these moments right now, you are with us. You are in us. You're moving in the world all around us in our time, in our place in history, in our time, in our place, in our circumstances. And that is simply true. And so we root our hearts in that truth that we are rooted and established in love, that the quality of your love for us can 
aid us now, support us in overcoming our deepest fears, anxieties, struggles. And at the same time, Jesus, your spirit is here now to conform us to your likeness. So as we pray the scriptures, as we draw deep from your word and its well, as we enter uh, the scriptures and they enter us, would you make us like you, Jesus, in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our ways in the world of touching others' lives with your love? And we give you thanks for these moments of, of joy, of revelation, of prayer, of conversation together. It's all done quorum Deo in your presence. We come in Jesus' living name together. Amen. Amen. Um, well, thank you so much, Dan and Ryan. Really appreciate you being part of this conversation and keep enjoying thank those so cups of tea. I feel like, you know, we the will. tea drinkers are changing America like one cup at a time, just, you know, True. weaning them off the coffee and <laughs> slow but sure. Slow yeah. but sure. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll be back soon. What a joy to hear that conversation between Felicity, Ryan and Dan. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. You can pick up Sheltering Mercy at tenofthose.com. Do go and grab a copy. Why not read it through this summer and enjoy praying the Psalms for yourself? This podcast, as ever, is sponsored by tenofthose.com. We're so thankful for their sponsorship over the course of this season and we'll look forward to seeing you back in September for season six. Season six.